Today is the seventh day of the octave of Easter. As we know that each day we are celebrating this with the great solemnity, this extraordinary event that took place in human history, that Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, who died for us, has risen, has overcome death, has overcome sin, has overcome separation of, of the human race from God because of sin, because of distrust, because of rejection of him. And so what we have each day, we would hear the account of when Jesus appeared. He appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, to Mary Magdalene, and will go down when he appeared to the, to, to the disciples who St. Peter and John and others went out fishing, how the Lord would prepare them, you know, the breakfast, the tender, great tenderness, the kindness of Jesus manifested to his disciples after he rose from the dead. But you know, many continued, not, con continued in disbelief or distrust. As you know, some were thinking maybe it's a ghost, but then the Lord Jesus ate with them. He ate, give me some fish, and they gave him fish, he ate in their presence. In so many ways, the Lord wished to manifest that he is alive, but in a glorified fashion, his body is glorified. Is no longer that which was physically holding him in, in reality, but also, but now it's glorified. It's a body that can go right through through the physically locked doors because the, the laws of nature do not anymore uh, limit him. But what we see before us is this. It is the great love that the Father has shown in his Son. See, when we look at the resurrection, we have to always look what the Lord had to go through, the suffering and death. But then we go back again and say, what did he do? What he did do, he did extraordinary things on our behalf. He shows us the Father's love, Father's forgiveness, the healings that took place, not only from blindness, the, 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 the grace that he gave like to Mary Magdalene. He expelled seven demons out of her. He, he, uh, uh, you know, he gave her the opportunity to be free again. He raised those who, were, who died, you know, like the Jairus' daughter and all those who were in any way, like Lazarus, who died, and yet the Lord raised them to life again. Why did he show, why did he manifest all these things? Because he wanted to show the Father's love. The Son came so that we may come to know the Father, but not just here through the prophetic words, which was great, which is extraordinary, but the Father wished that he, that Jesus, his Son, would speak in a human way, that we would see the Father and the Father's love in his Son. Whatever we see, so we can, we'll be able to see him in a physical way, that we would not doubt. And yet, as we know that human beings, all of us, broken by sin, somehow blinded by things around us, uh, discouraged by, by lack of, sometimes, uh, lack of lack of uh, freedom from from trappings from sinfulness, all these things blind us, and so therefore therefore the Lord had to come, and yet to bring forth this great, extraordinary news, that God in His love and mercy wishes to free us, and that He has freed us through the death and resurrection of His Son. You know the first thing that we hear in our gospel today 
as he says, the Lord says to them, go to the whole world and proclaim, proclaim the good news. That is the news, the good news is that we are not alone. We have not been abandoned, that we are not abandoned to our own difficulties, miseries, violence, or even death. We're not, God is with us. The Emmanuel who has come is with us. The good news is that no matter what we have done, when we turn back to God and we acknowledge our own brokenness and sinfulness, God will take us back. We may be the prodigal sons and daughters, and yet the good news that we hear is that God will, like the father of, of the prodigal son, will welcome us, welcome us back, welcome us back to his home and, and never re reduce or re reduce us to slavery but he will welcome us as sons and as daughters because, because the love is so great. I think the most important thing of this gospel today is yes, there's a disbelief, and yet there's also the encouragement, invitation to a deep faith. We see what happened to the Peter and John when they, out of, out of love for this crippled person that was there who was a crippled beggar, out of love for him and out of love for Jesus, and knowing that in his name it's powerful, it's, it's powerful enough to raise from, from that sickness, that, that broken, crippled man, and give him, offer him fullness of, of health. This is what they're, they're being accused because they did, they took, this took place on Sabbath. And, and he is the one who, who, uh, who walked from that mat, walked with this mat. So, so what we have here before us is the power of Christ working through his disciples, through his apostles, those who are, he has given the privilege and the power to do all, all extraordinary things in his name because he is with us. So what we have here is when we say, when Jesus says, go out and proclaim to the whole world, he he's wants us to proclaim the whole good news, everything from the gospel, from his birth, extraordinary, beautiful, beautiful um, a, a gift that St. Luke gives us an account of what happened, you know, where you have the, the angels proclaiming the glory of God and the salvation of human race. It is because, because it is from the very beginning that the Lord has entrusted to us this message, entrusted to us that we will proclaim, that we witness the, the power of that greatness, of that love that he has for us, that we are to witness it. And so what we have here is before, not only what the church is offering to us through the scripture, but also what the Lord is offering us through this very celebration, this octave of Easter, in a special way we are to be mindful of what he has done for us, that we don't have to be afraid of our future, we don't have to be afraid of death, because he has, you know, he is, he, he manifests to us that he is the Lord of life and that he is able to raise anyone who believes in him. So therefore, you know, the celebrating this feast is not only what happened to our Lord Jesus and we are giving this witness to him, but we also are celebrating something which is for us because everything that the Lord has done for us is always, you know, hyperhumon is a Greek would say for us and for our salvation. He was born for us and for our salvation. He died for us, for us and for our salvation. He raised, uh, he, he, he rose from the dead and he's promising to raise us. This is what we have. This is the good news. Now, tomorrow, 
is the last day of the octave, which is the second Sunday of Easter, it's known, but also the eighth, the eighth day of the octave. And as you know that in Jewish traditions, when they would celebrate the, the particular feast, whether the Feast of Boots or whatever the feast that they were celebrating, they would celebrate for the eighth day, because seven days means completion, completion of the event itself. And the eighth day, as Jesus says in the gospel, the eighth and the greatest day, uh, in St. John's Gospel, is, is when the Lord speaks to us is not only what has already taken place for us through the event, but also introduces us into the future. The eighth day is that which will take place beyond the grave, is the resurrection, is the life of glory in God's presence, in his kingdom. And so but to tomorrow, as you know, is the eighth day, but also for us is that special eighth day, the eighth day, the last day, as known as the second Sunday of Easter, is also called as the Divine Mercy Sunday, the last day, because it acquires an additional type of significance. It manifests not only what the, what the Lord did for us, but, but we know why he did it for us. He did it because he loves us. He loves us because he is merciful. He's, he's love and mercy itself. And this is why tomorrow, especially through the through the, um, through the revelations of St. Faustina, which become, becomes part of the revelation of the church because the church accepted it as authentic. And, and, and their special type of promises are granted to those who celebrate this day. But first of all, what we have before us on the special day, which is the feast day, the Lord tells us the significance of this beautiful, beautiful conclusion of the Easter glory, Easter octave. And he says, this feast emerge from the very depths of my mercy, and it is confirmed in the, vast, in the vast depths of my tender mercies. It is my desire that it will be solemnly celebrated on the first Sunday after Easter. I desire that the feast be a refuge and shelter for all souls, and especially for poor sinners. On that day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. And so we have this special day to celebrate this extraordinary day because it is to be the feast. It's a feast to be a refuge and shelter for all souls, that it is an invitation for all souls, no matter what they have done, no matter what they have, how they have transgressed, the commandments, no matter how much they have transgressed the law of love for God and neighbor, the Lord is inviting all. Jesus spoke to Faustina, go out throughout the whole world, bring the souls, bring everyone. And this is why we were celebrating uh, the, the great novena, bringing the various souls into the fold, into the fold, into the ocean of mercy of God. As we know today, is the last day of the novena as well. And as we recall, at three o'clock, we would be praying and bringing the different groups of, of souls into the fold. And in each one of them, we would say, you know, the Lord would, 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 would tell us what to do. And, and, and you know, and, and, and the, 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 the invitation was always the same. You know, yes, today bring, me, bring to me all mankind and especially all sinners and immerse them in the ocean of my mercy. Immersing them in the ocean of my mercy, 
it was not only the, those who are all, all the mankind, but also the souls of priests and religious, and again, immerse them in the unfathomable mercy. And then we'll continue, immerse them in the ocean of mercy for faithful souls, those who do not believe. And in each group, in each group we were to bring, bring people into the fold, those who are lukewarm, those who do not believe, those who are you know, in purgatory, all the souls, we are to immerse them. And this is why the Lord asked Faustina, you go out to the whole world and just bring all the souls and we together with her, because we want them to be uh, placed before the Lord himself, that we may immerse them in the ocean of his love and mercy, that this ocean of love and mercy will purify, cleanse them, and they will welcome, will bring him home. And so this feast is above all uh, a feast to bring the souls, bring the souls into the, to, to the ocean of God's mercy as we proclaim him. And not only that, but we are to bring them into, in, into the sacramental uh, presence of the Lord, the souls who go to confession and receive, uh, receive the Eucharist, receive Holy Communion on that day, will receive the fullness of forgiveness of sins and, and, and also the consequences of sin, which, which is, which is the, 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 the punishments due to sin. And so, so the, the Feast of Mercy is to bring as many people to, to the Lord so that they may receive, that they may receive Him, that they may be forgiven for all the, what they've done. And so that's why we are encouraging those that tomorrow you know, for all those that would prepare themselves for, the, for, uh, for, um, you know, for, for this feast day by sacramental confession, and that, that they will receive the Eucharist, Eucharist on that day. And although here at the National Shrine, because of limitations uh, imposed by the state and the uh, and a lack of uh, opportunity for sanitary, sa sanitary means, because we're not able to, to rent, rent the sanitary uh, uh, things for, for us, we will offer tomorrow for, you know, whoever comes here tomorrow to the shrine, we'll offer the sacrament of penance and we'll also offer sacrifice the Eucharist. So whoever comes here, we'll offer them sacrament of penance and, and the Eucharist so that, so that they will be able to fulfill the, the, the promises that the Lord grants to those who receive the Eucharist, the state of grace. So as much as we are able to do, obviously we have limitations here, but, but whatever we can do for, for the people who come, because we want them to receive the greatness of the Lord's gift. We are to proclaim on that day, also proclaim how, mercy, how great his mercy is. You know, sometimes I, I look at the diary and, and, uh, and, and I read such words as 1074, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with such an abundance of graces that it cannot contain them within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Trust is so important in this message of mercy, that we trust in him, that he has done everything for us. We don't have to doubt. We don't have to question and, and always ask the Lord, you know, do you still really, really care for me? Do you really love me? You know, because things have happened to me, the difficulties have happened to me. No, we, we cannot, we cannot never ever doubt he absolutely loves us. And even if he allows us to go through things, it is for, our, ultimately, is for our greater good because he can 
transform evil into grace, into good for us, a blessing, so that he always be there. You know, then, then it is something beautiful when we read, you know, souls that appeal to my mercy, delight me. To such souls I grant even more than they ask. I cannot punish even the greatest sinner if he makes an appeal to my compassion. That's 1146. Beg for mercy for the whole world, 570. No soul that has called upon my mercy has ever been disappointed. But then the Lord is asking us not only that we receive him in the Eucharist, that we, uh, that we proclaim him, that he's truly God of love and mercy, that we will prepare ourselves by, by the sacrament of, of penance, which is going to confession. But he's also asking us to do something more, to, to place our confidence in him completely and to be merciful to one another. Because if, we, we do not, if we're not merciful, then our faith is, 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 is not complete, is not sufficient. Look how merciful he was to us. We have to be merciful to one another. As a matter of fact, we pray each day, forgive us as we forgive others. Be merciful as the Father is merciful to us. And the Lord says in a very strong way, I demand from you deeds of mercy, which are to arise out of love for me. You are to show mercy to your neighbors always and everywhere. You must not shrink from this or try to excuse yourself from it because even the, even the strongest faith is no avail without works at 7.42. If a soul does not exercise mercy in some way, it will not obtain mercy on the day of judgment. Again, 13.17. So we have many, many, many things. And again, you know, why do we do it? Because I'm love. The Lord says I'm love and mercy itself. I let no soul fear because my mercy is greater than, their, than, than, than your sins. Come then with trust to draw graces from this fountain because I never reject a contrite soul. Sooner would heaven and earth turn into nothingness than would my mercy not embrace a trusting soul. So trust and mercy, trust and mercy, trust and acts of mercy are part of this celebration of the feast because in a concrete we say, in a concrete way, just as you forgive me, just as you wish to remove everything from me, uh, uh, you know, all the sins and all the consequences to sin, all the punishments. So I want you to, as well, offer that mercy to, un to others, especially those who are in need of your forgiveness or because they have done things to you so that you let go. And then finally, it's also uh, to other aspects and it's, again, to, to, to honor the Lord in his image. The full significance of the image is that the Lord that appears uh, in this image is the Lord who has risen from the dead. He's the one who comes. He's the one who appears to us, just as Jesus has appeared to, to, the, to his disciples. Yes, it is not in an extraordinary way because it's visible to us, because it's in an icon form, and yet we see him rising from the dead. He's coming to us. He's coming from the darkness of the world, and he brings the light to us. And so the Lord says that on this image, on this feast of divine mercy, we are also be mindful of honoring him in his image. 
you know, whether it's the little medal that we wear of divine mercy or whether we have the image in our homes that we would in a special way honor him because he's the one who's coming to us and he's coming to us and, and, and he's pouring forth his rays of love and mercy, of cleansing power, the, you know, the pale ray and the blood and the nourishing and, 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 and the, 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 the red, red rays which are reminding us, who are to remind us that he is the one who's nourishing us with his body and blood. So those are the things that we are to be mindful on this feast of mercy. Yes, come to Holy Communion to receive the, the fount of life because that's, the, the, that's the, the most extraordinary way we can be united with God through his son who becomes our nourishment and food, but also to honor him, to proclaim him, to, to, to be cleansed of our sins, and then also to honor him through, in his image because in above all, we are to be reminded in a very concrete way that he is real, that he was incarnate. As you know, icons, the holy icons, he, Jesus appeared on the feast of holy icons the first Sunday of Lent because icons uh, represent to us the reality of the incarnation. Jesus was born here, and so we need to honor him in a very visible way, and he wants us to do so. And finally, at three o'clock, that we will honor him, what he's done for us, that he died for us, that is, he allowed his heart to be pierced, where blood and water pour forth. And then he promises, he makes these extraordinary promises to those who, those who honor him at three o'clock, that he will give unimaginable graces. So maybe then today, tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, today and as we conclude this, this uh, reflection, but also tomorrow that we prepare ourselves for the celebration of the Feast of Mercy, that we would be mindful of, yes, in a state of grace, receiving him. So go to all the parishes, wherever you are, that you may receive him. And if you are not able to, at least receive him spiritually. Secondly, that, that, that you would honor him with your trust and confidence, that you would really honor him, that he is the one that he loves us because he has always loved us. That then next, that we will proclaim him to others. That we will proclaim that he is real, that he's true, that he's loving, that he's the God with us who is preparing us for all eternity. And then that we also likewise, that we will honor him in his image and that we would be remembered through o'clock hour. In this case, we will, we, will, we will fulfill the obligations. Obviously, when we pray the chaplet, at three o'clock, that's fulfilling of the works of mercy. When we pray any form of prayer, we fulfill the works of love on behalf of others. So making sure that all the elements tomorrow for the feast are part of our spiritual renewal and our experience. And may the Lord then today strengthen us that we will never distrust him and that we'll go out to the whole world and proclaim the good news that in Jesus Christ, we have our Redeemer. He is the one, the Son of God, who will take us home to share with him the glory of heaven for all eternity, offering us the greatest happiness we can receive, his attainment at fullness of love with God himself and all those we love. What a great joy would there be one day when we are there. May the Lord help us, and in his mercy he wishes and he offers to us. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.